now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you need an opinion from experts in the realm of insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are great people to chat with. To find them, just visit the CFAX 1070 website. It's www.cfax1070.com. And look under Shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information. Or you can always find me online or on social media. And I have to say, in the past couple of weeks, I've had a lot of calls from you looking for uh, connections with Denise and Lori. So um, by all means, keep the calls coming in. Also, if you're looking for an expert real estate agent to help you purchase or sell a property, you can always call me as well. I'm a 26-year local veteran and a top agent with Remax Camosin, Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage. Today, we're talking about marketing your home, specifically on the topic of photography and and drone, sorry, that's a tough word, drone footage. Our guests today are Matt Lawson, All-in-One Real Estate Photography Solutions, and Bob Jestico, Island Photo Drone. Looking forward to this because we're going to be talking about not only marketing, but technology, all the neat new things that we're having to do nowadays to promote properties out there, not only locally, but globally as well, too. So many things have changed in my 26 years in the business. This is just one of the most recent things. So it's going to be a great conversation. We'll start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. Or you can find us, again, online at cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on the air. I had a Facebook message this week. Actually, I don't get too many uh, listener uh, listeners checking in via Facebook, but this one uh, this one has. It's a good thing we're often looking at uh, social media feeds. Uh, Carl writes in, "We will soon be selling our home, and our agent has suggested we have a building inspection done before going to market. What's your opinion on this, and why?" Great question, Carl. Uh, I would say that your agent is being very proactive. There's a few factors to consider here. One of them is the age of your house. Presumably, if it's an older home, something that's older than, say, 20 years, there could be areas that a buyer will be concerned about. We've had this conversation on the air a few times before already, but generally speaking, buyers are concerned about, first of all, asbestos in the house. Asbestos is generally found uh, in the attic if the vermiculite insulation was used at some point in time. Uh, Asbestos can also be found on things like uh, wrap tape around heating ducts. Uh, Even areas like flooring, linoleum, uh, some drywall products, things like that. Generally speaking, uh, asbestos was very common before the 1990s. And uh, again, we've had this conversation before, but one of the things people often ask is, why did we even use asbestos in houses if they are dangerous? Because they are. We all know that asbestos is a health uh, issue. But the thing is, asbestos was a miracle product way back in the old days. They used this, uh, um, obviously, to insulate for heat. Uh, So that is one of the things that your buyer might be concerned about. The second thing is whether or not there's an underground oil storage tank. And these, uh, again, were things that 
we did in the old days, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, uh, that at the time was acceptable because of the fact that nobody wanted unsightly oil storage tanks above the ground. However, they're in the ground nowadays. They, we need to ensure that there's no contamination in the ground. Most importantly, uh, seepage that has gone into other properties or even worse, into storm drain systems. And the other thing, too, is municipalities generally require that the metal that is in the ground is removed. Uh, and the last thing that is generally a concern is if it's an older house and it has a knob and tube electrical system, because those are much more difficult to, uh, if not impossible, to insure nowadays and um, causes a big concern. So getting back to your question, Carl, why would you want to get an inspection done beforehand? Well, I've had people say, if I get an inspection... Before I sell my house, if I find bad things, I'm going to have to disclose them to all the buyers. Well, that is absolutely true. But let's face it. If you have a buyer that makes an offer in your house, it's probably going to be subject to a building inspection. They're going to find these things anyways. The difference between whether you do it before the sale or during the sale is your control of the situation. You see... If at the time of an offer, the buyer finds out that there is vermiculite insulation in the attic or that there is an underground oil storage tank, all of a sudden it puts the deal in chaos and it will open up renegotiation where the buyer might say, you know what, um, wow, I'm scared about that. We don't like asbestos. We'll either walk away or I want a price abatement of $20,000 or something very significant like that. Uh, had one uh, sometime in the past where it was knob and tube wiring, and the buyer basically said, well, it's going to cost me $25,000 to replace knob and tube with traditional wiring, uh, and that was a sticking point. So that's what would happen if you waited till the deal was in place. Now, if you were proactively approaching this so that you knew all these things in advance, it gives you the opportunity to either deal with them in advance. So let's just say you found these things. You can deal with them before you go to market so that you know with complete confidence that when a buyer presents themselves, you'll be able to offer a, a, a fully um, uh, taking care of home. So that's one thing. The second thing is uh, you can, it, you're in the power position if you do this inspection first. For instance, if there is something that is catastrophic, if, if there is seepage in the oil tank that could end up being $100,000 or $200,000 to remediate, you're not forced to sell. You don't need to sell. You can actually decide what you want to do and figure out a figure out a uh, solution as to how you want to move forward. So that's really the biggest difference is being proactive about it and being able, being able to make the decisions on your terms or waiting for that buyer to come. The, the other thing I want to mention, getting back to that whole non-tube wiring, that story that I mentioned from before, uh, what we commonly do, and, and actually, Carl, uh, to answer your question, I, as a real estate agent, I typically do suggest to sellers that they do get at least those areas checked, uh, attic insulation, uh, electrical system, and uh, scan for oil, oil storage tank. And if knob and tube wiring does exist there, we will go so far as to also suggest uh, that the seller pays for a, a survey of the home electrically to determine how much it would cost to replace the knob and tube system. Because in that case that I mentioned to you where uh, these buyers decided all of a sudden it was worth twenty or $25,000 to them, 
Well, when you have a survey and an estimate in hand, you're able to say, actually, no, uh, ABC, whatever, this electrical company, I was going to say ABC Electrical. There is an ABC Electrical, actually. <laughs> Acme Electrical Company, let's say that. Uh, they gave me a quote for $5,600, and that's one of the biggest things about having the quote in hand is you're going to be able to say, I know how much it is going to be to replace this as opposed to at the time of an offer where your buyer is going to be somewhat emotionally charged and all of a sudden thinks, oh, no, you know, it's going to, it's going to be at least $20,000 or $30,000. So it's all posturing and, and making sure that you're in your best position. So, Carl, thank you for your message. And again, uh, I do support your agent and your agent suggestion to get these things done in advance. Uh, it, it makes for, especially in a hot real estate market where people are, buyers are often reluctant to make offers subject to inspection or subject to uh, all of these things. You don't want any trouble coming back to you in the future, even after the house is sold. So those are things to consider. If you have a real estate question that you'd like to answer on our show, visit cfax1070.com. Uh, or you can call our hotline, which is 250-414-6540, 250-414-6540. I want to remind you as well, if you're leaving a message, please leave your return telephone number. Uh, every once in a while, I do need to get in touch with you to sort of further elaborate what your, what your um, uh, question is, and it helps uh, for me to be able to find you. Also, for our listeners, uh, if you want to hear our past shows, you can find our uh, past episodes streaming here at the CFAX 1070 website, or you can check out our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and that's great if you are the type of person that loves catching up on your podcasts while you're in the car uh, or traveling or things like that. We're going to be talking about marketing, uh, photos, floor plans, drone photography, and all of those neat things after we take a little break here. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Today, we're talking about marketing your property. We have in our studio today experts in photography and drone videos. These are some of the neat toys that we have at our disposal today that not long ago we did not have. I was thinking about when I started in the business back in 1991. It was very limited as to what we could do. We uh, could always hire a photographer, obviously, uh, and uh, you'd need to go and get your photos processed. Uh, you would, uh, it'd be very difficult to use them for marketing purposes. We'd put them in the real estate newspaper or uh, local publications in black and white fashion. Uh, these are things that would, they had deadlines. So you had to uh, submit your, your uh, photo and information uh, to, for instance, the real estate newspaper a week in advance. Um, technology has changed and the uh, cycle of things have changed as well too because nowadays we have digital photography at our fingertips. We can have photos, floor plan, virtual tours, uh, three-dimensional tours, which we're going to talk about a little bit later too, and even things like drone footage just in a matter of days. And one of the reasons why this is very important is today, especially in our little Victoria, where we have a lot of interest from people from outside of the city here, you can literally 
look at a home, check out the floor plan. You can be in the home by means of virtual tour and get a good, get a good sense of it before you even go further by contacting the agent like myself to ask more information. So we're going to have a great conversation today. Our first guest in the studio here right now is Matt Lawson. Matt is with All-in-One Real Estate Photography uh, Solutions. Matt, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Tony. I appreciate it. Matt, you've been at this for, for quite some time now. That's right. I think about uh, 17 years I've been shooting for. Yeah. Well, it shows, you know. Um, I, one of the things, we see this on social media all the time. There are um, uh, bad real estate photos that people post all over the globe, right? <laughs> yes, but, no comment. No co- yes. <laughs> you must enjoy these because, you know, you get those photos of, you know, there's there's a classic one of a guy watching a hockey game, and that's the picture of the living room. That's right. Or the pictures of the toilet with the toilet seat up and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, I think the best one I've ever seen is a, is a set that uh, featured a teddy bear throughout. Oh. And it's a life-size teddy bear. Okay. And then it was sitting and laying on the bed and everything. And then the uh, the final shot uh, featured it uh, face down on the living room floor. So I don't know what the intent was there, but uh, it, was, it was pretty weird. That is some <laughs> odd marketing. Uh, thankfully, I don't think we see that kind of stuff around here. No, it's not something we typically like to do. So, <laughs> no. so um, there's so many things people can do nowadays. I mean, we all have, phone, we all have uh, cameras on our phones nowadays. And um, I know as a fact even here in town, uh, but I see it across North America too mm-hmm. in, in all my research, realtors are using their smartphones to take photos of their houses. Yes, yeah, I, I see that too, yeah. Um, so from a photographer standpoint, I mean, what when somebody's asking the question, why don't I just take photos of my own phone and f- instead of hiring a professional like you, what, what is the answer? Well, I'd say first of all, uh, the photography that you're taking of uh, whatever listing we're talking about, uh, is a direct reflection of the listing itself. So as the quality of the photography increases, thus the uh, the the, uh, the view uh, that the potential buyer has uh, of the house increases. So if you're going to do really quick shoddy shots, that's really the impression they're getting of the listing itself. Um, now we like to talk in uh, in perceived value. So um, really when we go to shoot a place, um, we're looking to uh, maximize the perceived value of whatever listing it is yes. and show, you know, we're not going to um, uh, fake it or, or make it look uh, like it's, you know, something else, something that's not. But what we do like to do is show each listing its own uh, general qualities in, in their best light. Yeah, maximum potential. Maximum potential, that's correct. Yeah, so you, know, you, you just said a moment ago about, uh, you know, not, not faking it. I mean, this kind comes up every once in a while where mm-hmm. where we see uh, photographers use fisheye lenses and they, yes. they make the rooms feel very different to what they truly are. Well, yeah, and and you know right off the bat, it, it, maybe that could be attractive to some to some people out there. They'd, they'd want shots like that because, of course, if they've got a smaller place, if it looks bigger, they're gen- going to generate more interest typically. Yeah. But why that's a bad thing is that um, people will come in uh, with this impression of the house in mind or whatever space it is, and right off the bat, uh, talking to their realtor or their client or, or whatever, um, it's bad rapport. Yeah. You know, there's a disconnect. So the things they've seen online are, are not actually connected to the listing itself. And then, of course, other questions come out of that. You know, what else is wrong? What, what else are they hiding? What else are they hiding? Things like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because the, we get that a lot as mm-hmm. agents when we're working for buyers, mm-hmm. where a buyer will say, this does not feel at all like what we've been looking at. It's a reminder to us that uh, consumers, buyers, mm-hmm. they are t- they're spending a lot of time online looking at listings and sifting through the photos well before they even 
Oh, yes. Make an appointment to view, right? Mm-hmm, that's right. I remember even when uh, my wife and I were looking for our first home, uh, uh, the floor plan to me, I mean, not even somebody from the industry, but but really the, the floor plan to me right off the bat was the most important thing to, to see. I mean, the photos in conjunction showed me the space, and I wouldn't even go see a place without looking at the photos, but the floor plan right away showed me what was, what was true to fact of the property. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't have one of those, well, even judging just by the photos, it was what... What is actually being shown here? What is going on? What is what does the space look like? So, uh, you know, it, it, the old uh, call the five foot by five foot space a bedroom uh, technique. <laughs> okay. <I think. laughs> well, yeah, but you know, people put their beds up against the wall nowadays. That's a whole other story. Yes, yeah, anyways, uh, we're online. <laughs> right, yeah, we're here we're right now with Matt Lawson from All in One Real Estate Photography Solutions. Uh, we're talking about photography, but tell us about your other service because you also just brought up floor plans. That's right. Yes. Uh, we, yeah. We typically we offer uh, a full boat of services. Really, um, we offer uh, high quality HD photography, of course, um, with, with various techniques and various degrees of quality. Um, we also offer uh, full coverage floor plans, uh, with uh, as, including uh, exterior detail, which gives you a square footage of the home, shows your home uh, true to form, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, beyond that, uh, we offer uh, various types of internet marketing, uh, including uh, online advertising uh, that showcases the listing. Uh, we uh, do uh, 360 virtual tours uh, as part of the online advertising. Uh, we do narrated tours, narrated walkthroughs, um, as well as narrated HD video that we can add to it. And uh, our newest product, which we're really excited ab- about, is the uh, VR technology that mm-hmm. we're using. We're running that around properties now, and uh, it's basically a virtual walkthrough that uh, I'd say even more qualified buyers uh, when they come and check it well, out. Well, you know, that's going to involve a lot of conversation because I, I want to cover that, but okay. let's let's hold that one for now, right? Uh, uh, so that's 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 virtual reality. That's right? correct, yes. Um, but getting back to um, uh, services, so one of the things that, that you, and I know because I'm a client of yours, so yeah. I, I, I can speak from experience here. You provide a, um, a Oh, basically a website that has all of the materials for mm-hmm. uh, w- us realtors to promote the property. That's correct, Floor yes. plans, information about uh, the property, walk score. We actually talked about walk score here uh, on, mm-hmm. uh, on our show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when it comes to measurements, because yes. this has come up before too, there, tell us about the um, the rules about measurements because this is not just you deciding, you know, what am I going to include? How do I measure a house? There are rules in place 100%. that have been set, that have been set as far as measurements. So tell us about that. Yeah, general guidelines to keep things consistent. I mean, first of all, um, we measure a whole footprint of the property, so we're also uh, uh, accounting for wall thicknesses, uh, exterior wall thicknesses, you know, interior wall thicknesses. So there'll be the room, and typically a wall is five inches thick. So we're going to go a room, and then five inches over, there'll be another room, and that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we find out sometimes the walls are thicker, thinner, but we account for all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another general consistent rule is, is and people ask me this all the time as well, is uh, what is unfinished compared to finished space? Yes. And uh, finished space typically means, uh, at the bare minimum, finished walls, finished ceilings, and at the very least, a painted floor. Uh-huh. So you can even have a concrete floor as long as it's painted and the walls are finished and the ceiling's finished, you're good to go. Yes. Uh, if you've got a carpeted floor, the walls are finished, and that ceiling still has the rafters exposed, mm-hmm. um, so that's unfinished space still. So that's that's generally the rule. Yeah, there, there are regulations. And again, I mean, we've had people that, you know, they've gone so far as to add up the square footages of the rooms and yes. say, well, there's a discrepancy between what I can figure out and what has been posted, but you follow the regulations, uh, the provincial regulations, actually, yes. Yes. Uh, about um, uh, room measurement and, and house measurement. 100%. It's, it's very, uh, very important. 
important to do that. Um, uh, recently, actually, I did a, a condo uh, not too far from here um, that uh, the fellow, I came to do another one for him. And uh, the fellow had done it exactly that. It was basically one big room, big room yeah. uh, the whole condo. But they it. come out differently. And he's like, what, where's this uh, 30 extra square feet come from? Well, I said, well... The room is 45 feet long. Yeah. Then you've got seven and seven on both sides because it's uh, one of these old uh, buildings where the studs inside but, the And in a condo, seven. you're also measuring halfway through the walls, too. Also, right? also measuring halfway yeah. through the Well, walls. listen, hold that thought because we got to take a break. Yes, sir. Uh, here with Matt Lawson from All-in-One Real Estate Photo- Photography Solutions. Uh, and we'll be back in a moment with Bob Jestico talking about drones. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey there, thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you're curious about the changes in mortgage rules that occur every once in a while, you'd like answers to questions or concerns, get in touch with Denise at Dominion Lending Services. She is amazing. She's very, very um, uh, responsive. She'll get back to you when you call and even makes things better when you tell her that you heard about her from CFAX. Same is true of Lori Zorn. If you'd like a review of your home insurance, even your car insurance, she's a great person to chat with. If you need their contact information, you can find it online at CFAX1070.com. And as a reminder, if you are a podcast listener, you can find this show, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, either on iTunes or on Google Play. We're talking today about photography, floor plans, virtual tours, 360 tours, videos, narrated videos. Wow, you got a long list there, uh, Matt. We just went through with you a couple of moments ago. Uh, uh, we're going to come back to Matt after our next break, but right now in our studio, we have with us Bob Jestico from Island Photo Drone. Bob, thanks for coming. Hi, Tony. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here. Now, Bob, uh, again, I, I always disclose this to my listeners. I am a client. You've done uh, video tours for me. And, Absolutely. and one of the reasons why you're here is because I think you do great work. Thank you. Yeah. Now, uh, again, I was thinking back into the old days uh, where whenever we had to take overhead photos of estates or big properties, I used to have to hire an airplane and get yeah. a photographer. And he, whatever, he'd hang off the side. I don't know what he did because I never went with him. Um, but the, it was a big uh, production to get those photos. But nowadays with drones, that's what you do. It is. Um, drones can go places that uh, helicopters and full-size airplanes can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Drones are small. They're quiet. Uh, they're very capable video platforms, and they can circle a house. They can hover over top of it. They can hover over top of a garden and take pictures of a, of a row of flowers without even disturbing the petals on the flowers. Yeah. This is impossible to do with any other technology. Yeah, it is, it is just amazing. Now, of course, there are drones out there that people can buy in the shops all over the place. In fact, I some time ago considered myself maybe I should get a drone and start doing drone uh, videos and photography as one of my value adds. Uh, However, of course, it's not as easy as one thinks. It's not. And this Um, is the reason why people like you are around. That's right. Uh, People ask me quite often, are drones hard to fly? And I got to answer, no, they're not hard to fly. But... They're hard to get pictures that somebody wants to pay for. Ah, yes. This is the trick. You have to be part cinematographer, pilot, 
and uh, RC enthusiasts to, uh, to that's, understand. That's remote control, that's for right. those that don't know, yeah. That's right. Um, you have to, to know all of those things, to how to fly the drone, position the drone, to get the picture that, uh, that somebody expects from a drone. And it can give you a very unique perspective. Um, and it's, uh, the footprint is quiet. You can even catch animals sometimes grazing in a field or a backyard without them even knowing you're there. You know, hey, you know, sometimes I'm sure when you're doing some of your footage, including some of the stuff you've done for me, I'm sure, you know, it feels like you're Ken Burns. You're doing a, you're doing a documentary. And in fact, I, I had asked you, you did um, you did that job for us out in Centro Sandwich, that eight acre property. Yeah. And you, there's footage that, that uh, um, I asked you for, which you delivered on, which started at the water level and raised up because it's high bank waterfront. Yeah. And then it presented the entire eight acre property and 10,000 square foot house. That's right. Just amazingly like yeah. that. It's, it's, it's mind blowing. It is. It's um, it's actually a fantastic technology, and these uh, these drones are getting more and more advanced all the time, to the point where they're more stable, mm -hmm. and they're even they're even self-preserving to a certain extent. My latest equipment has uh, collision avoidance. Oh. So um, as you approach a tree or you're trying to get that shot of a house when there's uh, a few pergolas and things around, the drone is looking out for itself, and it will give you a signal and ultimately will actually stop before it runs into something. Wow. This is a, an excellent safety feature so that you don't hurt anybody by the, the drone falling apart. But um, it, it allows the pilot to concentrate a bit more on the cinematography as opposed to flying clear of trees and things like that. Yeah. Now, the unexpected does happen. Um, one of them is wildlife. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was like uh, birds. Yes, birds. I okay. was doing a shoot at the Hilton over here in Victoria, and we're on the top of the building. We're 185 feet high, and I guess there's seagull roosting going on. But they absolutely went crazy. Yeah. I was being dive bombed and swarmed, and the drone took a couple of smacks. I eventually had to land for fear of losing it. Wow. Um, those are one of the little unexpected situations you come across, but you deal with them. Keeps your life interesting. We're here with Bob Jessico from Island Photo Drone. So um, that moves us on to the next question, which is qualification, because one of the other things that has changed is, sure, I could buy a drone, I can go and, you know, take these photos and everything, but this whole thing came up about privacy and about invading yeah. neighbors' privacy. So all of a sudden, as a drone operator, there are some qualifications that you need to, you need to have, right? Absolutely. Uh, there are a number of them. If you want to be a commercial drone operator, and Transport Canada define a commercial trans, uh, drone operator as anybody who um, receives or, or enhances betterment of a property, an item, or anything. That means if you, you can't even give away your, your drone footage because if the realtor decides to use it and promotes it, that's now considered a commercial enterprise. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you have to do is get commercial insurance. Yep. That's not cheap. Then buy yourself a, uh, a higher-end drone with HD capability or better yet, 4K. And then you're on to Transport Canada. And in this area, because the, uh, the uh, Sandwich Peninsula is covered by two air traffic control zones, you've got Nav Canada to deal with. Mm -hmm. So you have got all kinds of bureaucracy and permits to acquire before you're finally permitted to, to do uh, aerial photography. And Transport Canada periodically will actually come out and observe you. 
Oh, they wow. will uh, show up at site because you're required to tell them every single location you will be at. Mm -hmm. And then they will come out with an inspector and they will observe to see what you're doing and that you are complying with your what's called an SFOC, which is the license permit they give you to operate as a commercial drone pilot. Mm -hmm. And they want to know if you're doing it that way. Yeah, because b basically you have to log a flight plan, right? You do. Yeah. yeah, you have to tell Transport Canada, but then you have to contact Nav Canada, where you have to tell them exactly where you'll be, how high you'll be, exactly when you take off, and exactly when you're going to be landing. And they require you to phone them yeah. before you take off and phone them as soon as you land yeah. so that they know the uh, event is complete. Yeah, and this is one of those reasons why I could never take this on because that's not my job. Like, I'm, I, My job is to help people. It's a full-time job. It is. And, and um, you know, I get it because it's important, like safety as well. You know, they certainly don't want drones flying around where there is air traffic as well too, right? Right, and crowds and things like that. And you have to prove to uh, Transport Canada that you have a procedure in place to protect privacy. Um, if, for instance, if I'm shooting in a neighborhood and I'm likely to overfly somebody else's property, I must go and request permission from that owner. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's any complaints about my, um, my hovering too close to a window or anything, I need to be prepared to address those. I fly with a spotter, so I have a companion with me who's also a witness mm -hmm. to make sure that I don't get too close to somebody's window or if somebody thinks I did, there's at least somebody to back me up and say, well, he wasn't as close as that person's claiming. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I'm learning from you right now all of the extra stuff that, that is required. But like I said, it's it's all good. I mean, this is, you know, we all live with each other, you know. Privacy yeah. is an important yes, thing. Yes, it is. Yet, at the other hand, at, on the other hand, consumers want the ability to highlight their property uh, in these different ways that we were never able to do before. So. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Drones are typically seen as bad. Uh -huh. Drones are bad. They've had a lot of bad Spying press. on people. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some, some, some foolish people have bought drones and looked in dorm windows and things like this, and they've got a whole bunch of um, bad publicity. But uh, a commercial operator wouldn't dare. Uh, that would be, it's too much at stake. It, there is. And um, you get one chance. And if you, if you mess up, um, you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so important. We're here with Bob Jestico from Island Photo Drone talking about, uh, you know, we're going to get more into the actual uh, taking of images and everything when we get back to have a conversation with Matt. But uh, this is this is really fascinating because you know, listeners should know it's not as easy as just picking up a drone at Walmart or something and deciding to take photos of your home. Uh, I love what you said earlier, which is you can fly a drone, but would somebody pay for the photos, right? <laughs> and, and before we go to break, I have to tell you, I have tried, I, I've got a son who's seven. I bought him a little drone from, you know, the electronics store. They're not that easy to fly. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, there, obviously there is some expertise that is, uh, uh, that is required there. So A bit. Uh, yes. So uh, um, I, I tip my hat to you. Uh, you do a great job. Um, we are going to take a quick little break here. When we come back, we're going to have a conversation about drones and photography, both with Matt and Bob. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking about photography and marketing, floor plans, virtual tours, 360-degree views, and, of course, we were just speaking with Bob Jestico about taking drone footage of properties. Now, when we were off the air, Bob, you were talking about the fines. Tell yeah. us about, tell the <laughs> listeners about the if if a drone operator contravenes one of the rules, what's the fine? Well, entering um, any flight space, uh, any Class C airspace, 
airspace, which is basically in this area, it's the surface, uh, you're looking at about $5,000 fine. Okay. And uh, if you, that's just your first offense. Yeah. And if you get caught doing it again, they triple the fine to $15,000. Wow. And after that, you're, well, the sky's the limit. You're talking confiscation and you're talking um, pulling your permits yeah. and uh, more fines on top and on top. Yeah. And then there's, you mentioned something about jail time too. Oh, yeah. Uh, fourth offense has actually got some jail time. And there was one, uh, one case in Canada where somebody was, uh, actually fine for doing that, flying at an airport for the fourth time, oh, right over a runway. Goodness. Okay. The fourth time. Yeah. yeah. It was wow. the fourth time he was caught doing it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Bob, again, it just reiterates it reiterates the importance of having an expert like yourself who is fully certified, knows what they're doing, and can also take those photos that somebody like me would want to pay money for. Absolutely. Very important. So, uh, Matt, we're here Sir. with Matt Lawson again uh, from All-in-One Real Estate Photography uh, Solutions. Uh, in a moment, we're going to talk about this 3D thing because it's so cool. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime... I I think listeners should know it's not just taking the photos. How should they prepare their house to be ready for you when you show up? Well, uh, that's a great question, Tony. Um, we, uh, you know, in a perfect world, I would have everybody um, keep the house as simple as possible. I think number one, even if you've got kids or, or dogs or whatever is going on, um, if you can keep all the surfaces uh, as simple as possible, uh, clearing off clutter from every surface, that means uh, kitchen counters, uh, coffee tables, uh, side tables in the living room and uh, other rooms, uh, bedrooms as well. And uh, then a really big thing um, that even in perfect houses that are really nicely set up, um, I usually encounter is the uh, bathroom counters uh, having lots of clutter on them oh. still because we, we actually get when we shoot bathrooms we get quite intimate with the countertop space yes because you don't you don't start at the toilet and, and feature the toilet and shoot out. you start at the sink and the and the fixture that they have on the on the countertop there and you uh, look back into the shower space and and you really want to give a good impression of, of that space so the last thing you want to see is toothbrushes hair brushes with hair on them and all, all that stuff um, and uh, it, typically what we do as well um, when, when there is, is a lot of stuff uh, in the house is, in terms of clutter, I mean, people have to live their lives, and we understand yeah. that, and we work around that and are happy to. Um, but uh, we'd usually pick uh, an extra bedroom. So if there are three or four bedrooms there, uh, we'd pick, say, the, the, usually the most cluttered one or the one that's, that, that uh, doesn't give the best impression and put everything in that room. Yeah. And then every, leave all the other rooms nice and safe. I think people need to, to know, too, uh, in the real estate board, so on Realtor.ca yes. or on the MLS system, mm -hmm. we have a maximum of 20 photos. Yes, that's so correct. So in reality, you, you can't capture every single room and every single little detail. You know, there, there are some rooms that just can't be... Uh, I mean, you can take those photos, yeah. but we can't use all of them because we can only use 20, right? That's correct. And that's why I say the spare bedroom because we've got two or three good shots of bedrooms in the house. You, you can typically um, assume that uh, the other one or two bedrooms are, are quite similar anyway. So yeah. it wouldn't wouldn't be uh, that big of a deal not to get it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the other thing, too, that we bump into with homemade photography, like realtors with their smartphone or whatever, yes. is lighting. Oh, yes. And especially if we're looking at a house that has fantastic views, yes. you can't just take a photo of the living room without the the backlight kind of whitewashing the, the, the photo, right? That's correct, yes. I mean, there's, there's um, in, in photography land, we're always worried about levels, you know, uh, levels of light outside versus levels of light inside. So we're usually trying to bring the level of light inside, which is always darker than level light outside, up to that same level. So that's that's why I'd say you hire a professional instead of taking your own photos, because you, you get that. Also, the... Um, 
a lot of people use LEDs now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lights. Those come out, you know. Uh, oh, you mean in the house? In the like house. the light bulbs, yeah. Yeah, the, the light bulbs in the house, you know, for their um, for their interior lighting. And it's it's great to reduce costs for the home. Um, uh, I totally agree. There, there are LEDs in my house as well. Um, but uh, if you're expecting a photographer to come, um, one of the best things you could do is replace those with incandescent lights. Oh. And um, you know, a hundred or two dollars uh, of an investment there uh, might make you uh, a few thousand dollars at the end of the day, just from the, the once again the um, the uh, uh, perceived value that. Yeah, isn't that has. funny? That's a good point. You know, I mean, LEDs are great on a daily practical basis, That's but right. but uh, like you're saying, they don't uh, they don't help your photography out uh, too much. No, and there are things we can edit for, of course, and that's why you hire the professional. So. Yes, very good. Uh, switching over to, to Bob, uh, because we're talking about, about uh, the images and processing images. And actually, when you're flying your drone, are, are you using a tablet or a laptop or something? How, how can I'm, you see? Well, I, the, the drone has a um, HD downlink yeah. that I can see everything it sees in HD on a tablet attached to the transmitter. Wow. So um, when it comes to, um, to composing pictures and shots, I can see what the drone's looking at. I control the camera via the transmitter. It's tilt and pan and exposure. Um, I got full control over what over what the drone sees. It's, I might as well be up there with it, pointing a camera at the house for for all the control I have over it. Yeah. But to speak to, um, to to Matt's point, staging is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're trying to remove distractions. We're trying to remove uh, the bicycles on the lawn, the lawnmower, the wheelbarrow, the leaves, this kind of thing. Uh, the cleaner a property is, the smarter it is. The more people are focused on the house mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, gee, look, look at the, the flower bed that's overgrown over here or over yeah. there. These things um, don't help. Um, and wind conditions may be something that Matt doesn't deal with, too. But no. um, we, of course, are weather dependent. Um, rain is a no-go with yeah. the drone. It can't fly in the rain. Well, not only that, but, I mean, your results, would you, you, they wouldn't be good photos. No, anyways, they wouldn't. Right? Uh, you got water all over the lens. Yeah. Uh, wind is not so much of a factor. Um, I've flown up to 35-mile-an-hour gusts. Hmm. The drone is fantastically stable. Uh, it uses twin GPS navigation systems to hold its position, and it also has a fully gyro-stabilized camera hanging off the bottom of it. Um, it's It can be put up in just about, well, conditions you don't want to be walking around in, and yet it still manages to capture beautiful videos. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had this experience because you, you did one at our penthouse at Harborside some time ago. I did. And mm-hmm. we couldn't, it, we had we had issues scheduling there because it was bad weather or windy or something, like really windy at the inner harbor. It was really windy, and and when you get in amongst buildings, those tall buildings, you get a lot of turbulence, yeah. and turbulence is um, a bit more difficult to deal with. But uh, if you're strategic on where you position the drone and how you approach the building, like come in downwind, uh, you can uh, usually get the shots you need. Great. Uh, before I forget, Bob, if somebody needs to reach you, your phone number? My phone number, 250-213-2022. And I'm available online at islandphotodrone.com. Very good. Uh, and Matt, uh, same thing, your phone number? Yeah, uh, if anybody would like to contact me for uh, any photography services or any other features uh, that you heard today, um, we could be contacted uh, on our line at 250-298-0857 or uh, check out our website at uh, www.realestatephoto.com. Victoria.com. Great. And if you, the listener, are just stepping in right now and missed the phone numbers, just get in touch with me. I'd be happy to introduce you uh, to both of these gentlemen here. Um, and you guys have separate companies. I mean, you're not the same yep. company, but you That's do correct. a lot of work together. Yes. And I have to say, the, the drone footage that Bob has done... 
um, is great. But the next question from a real estate marketing agent standpoint is, mm-hmm. what do we do with that? And then <laughs> that's where we give it to Matt, right? That's right. Yes, we uh, we take that footage. Um, sometimes we uh, take a lot of clips out of the footage, uh, manipulate the intro, manipulate the outro. Or if we're doing a more complex uh, narrated feature, like we've done a number for you, mm-hmm. um, we use it to in conjunction with our other uh, HD video that we take. So uh, we'll start off by showing the property, do flyovers, and get angles that you'd never be able to get just from uh, ground video. And uh, use that in conjunction with uh, the video we do inside, down on the ground, to show different uh, architectural features of the home that you uh, can't see from the air. Um, and uh, they always turn out awesome, man. Yeah. Hey, and you know, one thing I, I have to say, separate separate to the sale, because, you know, these things help with the sale. There's no question. And as I said, uh, out of town, buyers, people looking overseas, they see these properties. They purchase the, uh, the property. For me, actually, I like these materials because our client, the who will soon be the prior owner, mm-hmm. they enjoy having these this collateral mm-hmm. as keepsakes. Yes. And, and uh, you know, hey, who doesn't want their home featured on a, on a video, which we can do nowadays. Yeah. Hard to do years ago, right? That's well, right. Well, not, I'd say not just that, but with, with, with you, Tony, you, uh, you invest a lot in everybody's property. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, a, and and when you're when you're selling your home, um, uh, the uh, the commission is usually quite a bit of money, especially if it's a very large home. And you definitely give as much back as you possibly can in terms of coverage, and uh, what you're doing for them, the uh, the homeowner. So uh, well, thanks. That just yeah. works in conjunction, I think. <laughs> thank Amen you. to that. Oh, thank you guys. You you definitely um, give it give it the full pull. You use all of the uh, technical assets available to market your client's home. Well, thanks, Jen. So, I mean, we do because they're available. And I am a tech guy. I teach a technology course at the Real Estate Board. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to stay on top of mm-hmm. the, you know, the forefront of technology mm-hmm. uh, today. Um, now, in the time we have left here, Matt, I need to talk about Matterport. Yes, the Matterport VR. Yes. yes. We are a happy distributor of Matterport VR. Uh, we actually just upgraded our camera you as well uh, to a 4K <laughs> unit. Well, let's describe this to the, to the listeners. So, I mean, people have seen virtual tours before where yes. you move your mouse and then it moves the photo around what makes this different well I think the first off um, when uh, when we decided to go through and, and start doing VR um, we looked at uh, their competitors first of all to see what was out there and uh, the biggest standalone um, with Matterport above other things was um, the uh, preloaded uh, basically it's it's a preloaded uh, application so if you go on to uh, say Tony's site and you check out the Matterport VR There'll be uh, the the photo basically uh, that that makes up the presentation part of the VR with a little circle in it with a you know the old the old arrow. You click on that and it jumps right into that image that you saw on the homepage. And from and it, and you just walk around. Well, it preloaded. I mean, it's it you don't. There's no waiting. So yeah, you just you walk around as you'd walk around normally. That's and check out the house. that's true. And the nice thing from the end user standpoint is they don't need to download a program, no. uh, any of that kind of stuff. It no, just it works goes, on your on your mobile phone, anything. Yeah, and, and I I have to tell the listeners. I love this. I, I bumped into this some time ago, I think when I was in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing about it is it's not just a uh, virtual tour. You actually stitch, or the software stitches all the rooms together. Yes. And creates this dollhouse view. It's like a dollhouse. It's weird because it's the actual photos, images of the rooms. Yes. And you can manipulate it like it walking around a dollhouse. It's insanely and cool. Seeing yeah. where all the rooms are relative to the, you know, the garage, the living room. I, I think it's the cat's meow. And I, I still cannot believe how quickly you can deliver that yeah the turnaround's quite good on those um and uh 
Well, what can I say? I mean, it, it, for qualification, uh, you know, right off the bat, when, when I uh, was uh, talking to you about the technology, um, yeah. I, I thought, well, qualified people are so much more qualified by the time they actually come and talk to you. Yeah, they can say, well, this I didn't know this because it's room. like they've been there. In yeah. fact, they can use virtual reality goggles to walk around in the house. It's fully compatible with with all uh, virtual reality goggles that are well, out there. You know what? Yeah. We can keep on talking about this. There's so much great material, but listen, um, our show is coming to an end, and I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you. So, Matt. They, if they want to get in touch with you about real estate photography, virtual tours, 3D Matterport, uh, floor plans, well, what's the contact information again? Well, uh, they can feel free to call me at uh, 250-298-0857. I'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. Uh, and uh, you can check out our website at www.realestatephotosvictoria.com. Great. And again, Bob Jessico from Island Photo Drone. How do people get in touch with you? I'm available by telephone, 250-213-2022 or islandphotodrone.com. Please see, visit my website. I, I put up all of my latest projects so you can see what I've done and what's current. Cool. And, you know, I, I can tell the listeners, too, all they need to do is go to my website, primeteam.ca, to see all of the products that you guys put out there. Thanks for coming, and thanks to the listeners for joining us this week. Thanks, Tony. We'll be here for you Thank this you. time next week.